Friday afternoon means one thing. NTT20 betting show heading through the championship slate. And before we get cracking, a reminder that this podcast is for over 18s only. Gambling comes with many different risks. If you don't understand the risks behind gambling, please head to BeGambleAware.org and we ask you never to bet more than you can afford to lose. Do you know what, George? I heard a word on another podcast. I think it was a golf pod. And I'm going to start using it as a synonym for slate. So get ready for me to use that phrase 50% less. <laughs> docket is what we're going for. The docket. Wow. Okay. What I'm calling a tricky championship docket this weekend. That's what we're going to be talking through. And also a little bit of League One playoff punting previews. It's not going to be in depth, I'm afraid. The matches start in about five hours. But George and I will be both both be telling you what we think will happen and putting up a selection in League One terms at the very end of this pod. So if you're listening on Friday afternoon and you think that's what you want to hear first, then go to the last few minutes. But otherwise, let's get into the usual stuff. I, firstly, I should say, George, are, are you okay? How are you feeling? Yellow's kicking off a playoff game in about five hours' time. What's the feeling? I think I'm feeling a lot calmer than I would be if I was currently making my way to, to Fratton. Um, it's all just quite weird. As, as I said, as I tweeted, I'm sure I feel differently, you know, after the four minutes of the game, but it just doesn't feel like there's as much to lose because of the circumstances, even though realistically, this is probably the most important league one playoffs ever, given the circumstances next season between the two leagues, possible revenue streams, increasing ETC. But yeah, I'm kind of feeling all right at the moment. And it helps that I'm not particularly hopeful for the game this evening mm. but at the same time i you know even if we got beat 2-0 this afternoon we I, i'd still be fairly optimistic that we're in the tie going back um to oxford on monday someone's going to score a free kick for oxford tonight that's my prediction that's not my tip liam kelly maybe kelly maybe henry maybe brown someone's going to score a free kick mark my words before we get into our selections for this week, uh, a touch on last weekend. I'd like to note that last week on Friday night, you had picked Brentford 1, West Brom 0 as your bonus bet at 15 to 2. And that was a winner. Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a great winner to kick off the weekend. You also picked Derby to win, which they did. You picked Middlesbrough, mm. draw no bet, and they were winners. Sadly, your nap QPR lost. Otherwise, it would have been one of the greatest weekends any individual has had on this podcast. From my end, 40 to 1 shot Jake Cooper did not score first. Uh, I watched that game with growing frustration. It was goalless the whole way through against Barnsley. Mill had eight corners, probably around the same amount of uh, free kicks that they delivered into the box, but Cooper not getting on the end of them, which was pretty frustrating. Uh, Scott Hogan didn't score first for Birmingham against Hull. Hull scored before he'd even touched the ball. And Adam Armstrong didn't start for Blackburn. So Tony Mowbray is on my hit list. Uh, and then on Sunday... Things ended nicely. I had Bristol City, Sheffield Wednesday on the box. I'd picked Connor Wickham as a first goal scorer at 7-1. to one. Now, you might say that Bristol City's defending was shambolic as he was allowed a free header 10 yards out, which he posted into the corner. Uh, I prefer to think of it as a well-worked routine using an, an elaborate web of screens, blocks, decoy runs uh, and good delivery and a good finish as well. So a 7-1 to one winner to finish the weekend to go with your 15-2 to two winner and those other two picks. And, and George, when you punt on the EFL, it feels like you meet triumph and disaster. Well, it feels like you meet disaster a lot uh, and you don't meet triumph as much. 
but you must treat wow. those two imposters just the same as, as is that is that a collective you or is that literally is that you accusing me of just being bad at this well, obviously i meant like one not you personally the one That's... okay thanks okay good we said george and then you said you i was like this is un you know we've never really gone at each other before i was quite looking forward to going back at you but okay i'm glad um, to hear it Let's crack on with this week's picks. What is your nap from the championship docket? Uh, my nap is Luton to beat Reading. It wouldn't be the not the top 20 betting show unless I was oh getting God. against Reading. And it wouldn't be a Saturday unless they were making me regret it. Although last time we did this, um, Derby beat them 2-1. Luton are quite good, aren't they? Under Nathan Jones. They got a very good point at Ellen Road they scored at Ellen Road um, although I'm not going to pretend that Leeds didn't enjoy the better of kind of every aspect of that game but certainly he's coming to a side who've now conceded 73 goals this season but in the three games that Jones has Nathan Jones I should say has taken charge of they've conceded just two um, they are not necessarily as slick going forward as they were under him previously but there's enough about this Luton side. We've seen enough in the three games to suggest they are going to have a right go at staying up. And the news midweek um, of Wigan's points deduction has only further strengthened their possibility of doing so. And they come up against the Reading side who, let's face it, I mean, this is going to be a bit of a theme, I think, over the next couple of weeks, have nothing to play for and just don't really want to be there. <laughs> um, that was shown. I mean, the, the one all home draw with, with Stoke it was a fair result, but Stoke have been absolutely terrible since that game. Um, they got one back against Derby, but were well beaten generally, and they didn't really lay a finger on Brentford. They are a team that are coasting through this um, season now. And if you're, you know, if if you're a Luton, if you're a Luton fan, if you're Nathan Jones, and you're looking at who you want to play at this moment in time, it's these teams. It's the Reddings, the Bristol Cities. You know, the sides who've come back. You know, I know that Bristol City had a bit to play for initially, but there's the sides that have come back, haven't looked motivated, haven't got anything to play for now. Um, and the prices are just are just very surprising to me. You've got Luton at 13 to 8 best price. That's with a V-bet. And you've got Reading at 15, 15 to 8 best price. That's with um, Betfred. But, you know, they're, they're pretty much picking prices. And I just think that Luton have to be the more likely team to win this one. So my nap is Luton to carry on their good form keep the momentum going, keep that run of form from the teams in the relegation zone and uh, and beat Mark Bowen's Reading um, on Saturday afternoon. I, I like that at the beginning of the season, you are a spreadsheet punter trying to trying to use the early data to get an idea of, uh, of, of, of what teams are like. And then by the end of the season, it's all about momentum and passion and psychology. And I'm all for it because you have to be multi... What are the spreadsheets saying for this one? <laughs> Say again. What are the spreadsheets saying here? I don't know. I haven't checked no. my XG ratio <laughs> tables since the return yet. Um, uh, my first pick is I'm, I'm going to go with a similar theme to last week: uh, goal scorer picks, especially because I do consider it to be a, a tricky slate, and I don't think there's much point us having six sort of team picks, if you will. So I'm, I'm going to try and uh, try and pick another first goal scorer winner like I did last week with Connor Wickham. I'm going to start with Matthias Pereira. He's my best bet. Uh, seven to one as we're recording on Friday lunchtime. That's with Bet365 and with Betfred as well. West Brom are so short to beat Hull at home. Probably too short in a way. I think they're 1.3 or something. Hull with 
some signs of life on uh, on Thursday evening, winning that game against Middlesbrough. They're now out of the relegation zone. Uh, and West Brom, obviously, going into this, you would hope, with a little bit more confidence based on relief more than anything after that second half display against Sheffield Wednesday. First two and a half games back post lockdown not that impressive no goals scored and even that yeah that first half against Sheffield Wednesday you were telling me that they were basically being battered by Sheffield Weds uh, but they did mm. get the three goals in the second half finished comfortable winners uh, I'm backing Pereira to score first here uh, I think seven to one is just a really nice price it, it's been a theme of West Brom season that the number nine in the four two three one is not does not equate to the most prolific goal scorer in the team at any given time and therefore for me not necessarily the the, the most likely first goal scorer um since the return three games austin scored a penalty against sheffield wednesday uh if you take away that that's the only shot he's had since his return and if you take zahor austin and robson Carnu as one homogenous striker they've played 300 minutes <laughs> you know, 390s plus extra time, about 300 minutes since the restart. They've had three shots between them outside of that penalty by Austin. Um, just struggling to progress the ball into the box, I would say, and to get good chances inside the box. Whereas Pereira, who is getting frustrated at not being able to thread the needle into the box to the striker, is just peppering the goal himself. Um, I think he's had the second most shots in the league since the, rest the restart. He obviously scored two um in the last game i'm not really basing this on that i mean one of them was a was a great header um as the play was stretched and then the second one again on the counter right at the end but i think even against a, a, a low block hull he's going to be absolutely peppering the goal he'll be on free kicks of course as well don't think he'll be on pen sadly but uh, i just really like the price from a west brom perspective um so so, so short to win this game and Pereira for me uh, a nice pick at seven to one first goal scorer. So I'm quite excited about that because I love Matty Pereira anyway, and now I can cheer him on even harder. Uh, where are you going next? Um, I going to Ewood Park and previewing. I mean, I feel like a broken record previewing Blackburn Leeds. Um, it's I've done this a few times. I'm backing Leeds. I'm relying on their defence to continue being very good. Um, their only away trip so far since the break was a 2-0 defeat at Cardiff, but Cardiff scoring two fa fantastic long-range goals. Um, and, you know, the goal they conceded against Luton, Harry Cornick was another special one. So it takes something pretty special to beat, sorry, to get past this Leeds defence. And Blackburn probably do have the players to do that. Um, certainly Adam Armstrong, not averse to a, a nice hit. But realistically, um, you know, you're not going to be hanging your hat on them doing that. And Blackburn, since the break, Having been, haven't been convincing at all. Um, I mentioned on the Monday show after that 3-1 win against Bristol City that even though they won that game, they weren't at their best. They were helped by a pretty dodgy Daniel Bentley performance. And I think they only had nine shots for their for their three goals. They've since gone to Wigan and to Barnsley and drawn blanks and not really threatened, albeit against two sides who defensively have been very, very solid recently. So they come up against another side whose defence is up there with the best in the league, probably one of the top two best defences in the league, if you're looking beyond just the goals conceded, but certainly by that met metric as well. And I think, you know, the 8-2, the I think 4-6 about Leeds at the moment is probably a fair price, but if they're going to win, I think it's probably quite likely they're going to do so to nil, as they've done so many times. Uh, so at thirteen to eight, I'm willing to take that extra bit of bit of um, value, and you know I'll be I'll be frustrated if it ends up being two one three one or something. But I think this is a good way to go about getting a little bit of juice out of this Leeds 
this Leeds price. So 13 to 8 um, Leeds to win to nil away at, at Blackburn. I think that could well be um, your most selected selection this season. A winner. L- Leeds to nil and, and Jake Cooper first goal scorer. Those are the two most picked selections on the the betting show it's done me done me well the old leads to nil to be fair it has done you well it has done you well uh, mm. i'm i'm back on the connor wickham wagon again because i don't think the the bookies have learned from last weekend he's he's eight to one again to score first uh albeit sheffield wednesday a longer price this week away at swansea uh he i, I should say before i probably should have said this before the Pereira pick. We're getting into quite choppy waters in terms of rotation, I think, now. Uh, We've had three games in a week and a half, uh, but the teams have played three games in whatever it is, 10 days, and they've got this weekend's, they've got midweeks coming up. I don't know how to predict how much teams are going to rotate and how much they're going to want to keep um, the same team. So it's very difficult uh, we saw with Armstrong last week. I couldn't believe that he'd been left out the game before uh, and then he was left out again on the weekend and that, that really puzzled me. So it's possible that some of these guys might not start. I would always suggest waiting until two o'clock and, and, and waiting until the team sheets are out, but we don't really have that um, that option on this podcast. So uh, Wickham, eight to one, first goal scorer, which he was last weekend. I think I think Sheffield Wednesday can frustrate Swansea. I think they played well against Nottingham Forest. I think they played well against Bristol City and I think they played well by all accounts in midweek against West Brom for half a game until what was a soft penalty. I think it I think it was. I think it was stupid from Odebajo, but it, you know, it was it was one bit of mindless defending that that slightly undermined their team performance. So, I think they can frustrate this Swansea team who will have most of the ball and who to be quite honest, they have a they probably have a reputation across the league for being a, a possession-based team, Swansea. It might be that they like to hold the ball and that they have technical players, but I don't think it necessarily suits them that much. We saw against Borough their best performance since the restart when they were given space on the counter and in transition. They were deadly with Ayu and Brewster and Kalulu and Gallagher, the energy and pace of those guys. Um, when it comes to breaking down deep defences, I think they find it much, much more difficult. I mean... The way that they attacked against Millwall, for example, in midweek was really disappointing. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, I believe, will play a back five, the same as Millwall. And, I mean, it's going to take something special to break them down. I think they will be they could be quite comfortable defending here uh, against Swansea. And then at the other end of the pitch, I think it would be a shame to see Wickham dropped because his form in the three games has been amazing. He's not always been known for his fitness and his uh, sort of yeah his natural fitness and and he has been known for being quite prone to injury so that I guess they'll be careful but if he starts I like this a lot Ben Wilmot came off injured against Millwall the centre-back for Swansea Joe Rodon is out as well at the moment and he's probably their best defender aerially I'd say so it'll most likely be Cabango and and Guayhi two very young centre-backs who are impressive young centre-backs but I would like to think that Wickham will be able to give them them a, a tough time and in the last few games he's looked Every bit the Stephen Fletcher replacement that Sheffield Wednesday wanted him to be. He's had the most shots in the league since the restart. Um, He's got the second highest expected goals uh, in the championship since the restart. Albeit he's only behind Carlin Grant, who's taken three penalties. So he's got the highest expected goals if you take penalties out. Uh, I see no reason not to be on Wickham again at 8-1 after he made me so happy last weekend. So... Uh, that's against Swansea. It's on Sunday, uh, so we're spreading it across the weekend again, which is nice. What have you got for your third selection, George? 
probably well one of the games of the weekend I would say is Stoke against Barnsley 22nd playing against 23rd and both of them really probably fancying their chances to lift themselves you know well but in Barnsley's case they could just about get out of the relegation zone um but uh, with Stoke they'll certainly be looking to to get straight out as, as all these teams seem to do um I know that you are smitten with this uh Carlos Alberto Brazil 1970 uh, relegated team. I've literally just loaded up Twitter to make sure I've got the stats in front of me for when you but, take a breath. <laughs> but, but I mean, I will. I would say that whilst you were honing your long irons yesterday, I was watching Middlesbrough. Sorry, I should say Hull against Middlesbrough. And any um, praise that Hull are given for their performance yesterday beyond just sheer grittiness to get the three points is praised too far because they were absolutely woeful on the day as were Borough um, Borough were the better team just out of the two but Malik Wilkes' late goal netted Hull the three points but certainly it wasn't up there with the performances we've seen from say Huddersfield and Charlton previously I, I saw nothing in that game yesterday to suggest that Hull any stretch um, getting out of this but for Stoke they've been shocking since the restart, really poor. There's basically nothing positive to say about them whatsoever. Um, Jack Butland has come back as the Jack Butland that we saw at the beginning of the season. Um, he is just not a very good goalkeeper at this level anymore. Um, and in Barnsley, you've got a side who have come back really strong. You know, they look very, very solid defensively, which is something we haven't been able to say about them this season. They haven't conceded a goal yet since returning. Um, they have picked up a very good point on the road away at QPR. They dispatched Blackburn um, with some quality in the final third as well. It's just, they just look to me, I mean, maybe not in terms of personnel, but just on current form and the way these sides are playing, they're the better side. Um, and there seems to be a lot of um, home advantage built, built into this price that I'm not really sure I agree with either. Um, it's, a, it's a massive game for Stoke. Uh, and having, as I've said so many times in the last to two weeks. I mean, Stoke fans, Michael O'Neill, they would have all thought they were basically one result away from being safe. And suddenly, 10 days later, they're in the relegation zone. So this is a massive game for them. But at the prices, I mean, there's been a lot of money for Barnsley already, and unsurprisingly so. Um, I'm going to take Jorno Bet because it's going to be a fairly low margin game, you'd think. I think, you know, Barnsley built upon a strong defence at the moment. Stoke really struggling to find the net. So at 27 to 20, Barnsley DNB is my third selection. Nice. Just to remind the listeners that teams who have played matches since the restart while being in the championship relegation zone have played 10 games, won seven, drawn three and lost just zero. That's 24 points in 10 games, 14 goals scored, only three conceded. Uh, And that includes, of course, Barnsley, your selection. They've had three games. They haven't conceded yet. Luton, three games as well. And then a rotating cast of Charlton, Middlesbrough, Huddersfield and Hull have all one while in the relegation zone so uh this game this game has to to be a draw yeah you have to (laughs) it's a draw it's a draw it's not it's not going to continue so let's just get against the team in 22nd until they lose i know i know i know you're right but it saddens me that you can't have any fun with it you know um (laughs) my third pick is Anthony knockart to score first for fulham against birmingham and uh um, bits and bobs to this as always one is your big thing which i am fully on board with about these teams that have nothing to play for and therefore don't seem to be playing very well 
Uh, I think I spoke about Birmingham last week. Uh, of all the teams that are trailing off, a team whose manager is leaving them at the end of the season, a team whose superstar young player is being sold, raising a lot of funds to presumably have a decent go uh, in the transfer market this summer and therefore quite a lot of players' uh, positions under threat. Now, that might motivate them or it might make them think, um, I mean, I don't even know who the manager's going to be next season. So, amateur psychology aside, I don't really rate this Birmingham side at the moment. They lost 3-0 to Huddersfield in the week. Um, they're playing against Fulham away, who are no great shakes and who got past QPR uh, with a couple of long-range strikes. And I think my selection of Knockar is likely to be a, a long-range strike or at least edge-of-the-box area. Um, Mitrovic is suspended, as we know. Bobby Reid played up front in midweek against QPR. Uh, he, he was not much of a, of a goal threat in that game. Fulham were a bit like West Brom. I mentioned earlier, struggling to to get the ball into good areas. Uh, hence the, the long shot goals from Arta and Christie, which is what they needed to get past a, a poor QPR side. I think that they're going to dominate the ball. I think it's going to be the sort of Fulham game we've seen quite a lot this this week, uh, this season rather, and probably this week. Uh, I think that it might take a while for them to break Birmingham down. But I would say that with Knockhart's, uh, with his penchant for taking shots uh, for cutting in onto that left foot and having a go I mean he does he doesn't half frustrate me but uh, at eight to one I, I think that's a very nice price for a team that's very short to win the game that I think will win the game who are missing their their number one goal scorer uh, and whose replacement I don't think is necessarily as likely to score first as Mitrovic would be but it's being priced up more or less that way so knock our eight to one that means that my three main first goal scorer picks uh, are Matthias Pereira, Connor Wickham, and Knockart. Seven to one, eight to one, and eight to one. Bet three six five as ever are uh, standout prices on those guys. So um, I'll be getting involved with the uh, with the penny on an each way Trixie. Um, oh, I should have mentioned that Lee Camp plays in goals for <laughs> in Birmingham. Uh, now that's that's always going to give you confidence in a in a bet. Like this. Said. So we like that. Uh, what about a bonus bet, George? Ah, uh, yeah, bonus bet. I I was lining up my League One bet now. Yeah, yeah. So okay, well, to... let's use that as the bonus bet then. That's fine. I just yeah, thought fine, fine. I just thought after I your fifteen to two winner last week, you might be yeah, going I for another correct score I, or something. I haven't got anything. I've got I've got nothing. Well, at least that, you're being honest. Line. I think that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna go to Fleetwood Wickham, uh, a game that I will not be watching sadly, because I've used up my television privileges for the early game. Uh, um, but. And I'm gonna I'm gonna disrespect the plucky Wickham side, I'm afraid, um, because we are always told how well motivated they are by the lack of respect they get consistently from bookies and punters alike, and um, magazines I, I Wickham, and magazines who predict them to finish twenty third. Magazines, indeed. Um, I I think Wickham have a fair chance, possibly, of qualifying. Because I just think that if they can get back to Adams Park um, in the tie, they'll be able to make it very, di very difficult for Fleetwoods. Having said that, their away records, and I know that we've got to take home and away records with the pin, their away record, especially recently, is so bad. And Fleetwood have so many um, attacking options to really hurt them and a very solid base on which to you know dominate the game today. I just think that 11 to 10 is a very generous price. As I say, I, I don't think... You know, I don't think that Wickham are going to be out of this. I don't think they're going to, you know, they're going to be embarrassed necessarily. And this isn't me saying they're rubbish, but I just feel like if this game was happening in the season, 
Fleetwood would be like if this was if this game had happened as the next first game coming back in in the league campaign. I just feel like Fleetwood would be odds on, and it's and it's the fact that it's the playoffs, and it's the fact that you know it's a bit of a shootout has boosted their price a bit, and I don't really agree with it. I might be completely wrong in that. I just it's just one of those classic ones where if you had asked me before I looked at the prices what price I thought Fleetwood would be, I'd have said to you probably five to six, mm. but maybe a bit shorter, four to five, and they're eleven to ten. So by that logic. Um, I'm going to back him. <laughs> hey, that's what it's all about. Um, we're running out of time on the pod. We like to keep this fairly bite-sized. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail, but I'm feeling positive for Oxford United, which is probably the last thing you want to hear. I think Oxford... Yeah, because normally you say we're going to get beat and we win, so it's frustrating. I think that Oxford are going to get past Portsmouth, not necessarily on Friday night in the first leg of the semi-final, but I think ultimately Yellows will shade it. Uh, and I think ultimately Fleetwood will shade it. So I want to put on record that my League One playoff selection is uh, Oxford and Fleetwood to qualify double. Best price is uh, 3.45 at Will Hill. Um, and uh, that's what I will be That's what I'll be going for in the League One playoffs. My bonus bet for this week is, uh, well, Jake Cooper is 40-1 to 1 to score first. Um, for Millwall tonight on Friday night against Charlton. So I'm going to back Cooper, as always. Uh, I'm also in the same game, going to be backing Murray Wallace to score first at 70-1. to 1. It has not escaped my attention, given that I've watched all the Millwall games so far and watched all of their set pieces very closely, that Cooper, although I keep banging on about how tall he is, is often used as the sort of... Basically, the guy who has probably two opposition defenders on him because of his threat and therefore Mill will try to find a bit of space for other players him having uh, taken up the attention shall we say of potentially one or two of, of, of the opposition's better defenders now what that has meant in the last few games is a few set piece chances for Murray Wallace uh, who is one of those blokes who's just throws himself at everything he's brave uh, he's not nearly as tall as Cooper but he's very athletic and I just think in what I expect to be a, a, a game played in tight margins, shall we say, I think both sides are going to see set pieces as a good opportunity to to get goals as ever. Uh, and I like Murray Wallace a lot at 70 to 1. So it's half a point on Cooper at 40 to 1, just in case this is the day where they start targeting him. And half a point on Murray Wallace at 70 to 1. A little bit of Friday night fun for you there, guys. Hopefully you've enjoyed this pod. George, before we go, I'd like you to list your selections for those who haven't been keeping note uh, because uh, it's it's helpful for them to do that. Yeah, the nap is Luton to beat Reading. Uh, next best was Leeds to win to nil at Ewood. Barnsley draw no bet against Stoke and Fleetwood to win tonight at home to Wickham. It's a lovely group of, uh, of selections, George. I look forward to seeing how they go. I'm also excited to cheer on Matthias Pereira uh, for West Brom against uh, Hull on Sunday, 7-1 first goal scorer. Uh, Wickham, Connor Wickham specifically, not Wickham Wanderers. Connor Wickham, first goal scorer for Sheffield Wednesday against Swansea at 8-1. And Knockart for Fulham against Birmingham, also at 8-1 uh, with my Friday night bonus pick. Half a point on Jake Cooper, first goal scorer at 40s. Half a point on Murray Wallace at 70s uh, with Betfair. And then my League One selection was Oxford and Fleetwood to qualify. So that should take you through with some interest on the League One playoff semifinals, which will take place over the next few days. Thank you guys for listening. 
Goodness me, it's been a busy week, George Alec. Um, quite breathless. And in four hours, we're going to be watching League One playoff football. So, um, yeah, stakes. I was going to say strap in, but I think we're already strapped in. Just got to keep your head up, keep your head on a swivel. Uh, enjoy the Oxford game. I look forward to hearing what you think about it next week. And uh, guys, enjoy your weekend. Best of luck with any selections. Uh, and thanks for listening. 